Welcome to the Weekly Dose Podcast, your one-stop shop for the weekly news in incretin mimetic therapies with your host, Man on the Manjaro, Dave Knapp. Welcome to the Weekly Dose Podcast. My name's Dave Knapp. I'm the man on the Manjaro. That's why I'm here. You are on the pen. That's why you're here listening in to our brand new podcast. So whether you're on Ozempic, Wigovi, Sex, and Victoza, Trulicity, Manjaro, Zepbound, or whether you just have a passing interest in these medications, this podcast is designed to give you the weekly rundown in the news of incretin therapies or incretin therapies, basically a class of medications that mimic hormones made in your gut. Uh, that have historically been used to treat type 2 diabetes, but are now used in obesity treatments as well. We cover all of the medications on the market here. We also cover investigational medications, clinical trial data, all the things that us GLP-1 nerds nerd out about. That's what we do here, and we try to do it in 15 minutes or less. These are going to drop every Tuesday. So I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast, leave it a five-star review if you enjoy it. So I want to just give you a little bit of background about myself since this is the first podcast, right? My name is Dave Knapp. I'm a father of four beautiful children, ages nine, all the way down to three years old. Uh, I have an adoring wife, Jenny, who I love very much, my high school sweetheart. Uh, We have been married now uh, for a long, long time, since 2008. So I am excited. Um to share a little bit about my journey as we we move along through this podcast. But most of that gets shared on my YouTube channel. I started making YouTube videos about, well, a year and change ago, uh, documenting my journey, uh, trying to lose weight and control my type 2 diabetes with GLP-1 medications. And it kind of blossomed into a whole deal, as I call it. It's a whole deal, right? Um, And the culmination of everything leading to the creation of this podcast Uh, So on the YouTube channel, you can catch more about my journey. I also have a show called On The Pen. It's On The Pen Live. It's a weekly live show on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. on YouTube X and Facebook. And over there, we just have a great time. We talk about news a little bit like we do here. And then we do an interview with somebody from the GLP-1 community or a doctor, uh, something like that. And, And we just have a great time. So if you're just coming across this podcast, know that you can find more content uh, you can go to onthepen.com and that'll list link you to everywhere that you can find me on the interwebs. But I want to get into that now that we have had a chance to introduce myself to you. I want to get into the week's news because that's what we're going to cover uh, here at um, On The Pen, The Weekly Dose. And there's a varying amount of news that comes out per week about these different medications. One of the main things that I'd like to keep tabs on is shortages that happen uh, with these medications, because if you're on a GLP-1, chances are you've been affected by a shortage at one point or another, whether that had you switching medications, moving up doses, waiting a long time to take your next dose, those types of things. We've all been affected by it if you're on a GLP-1. So that's a big part. And that is kind of what brings me to the first story that I want to cover this week, because there's uh, some new stories going on around about the ACA pharmacy. Now, The ACA pharmacy was a pharmacy in Nashville that at the peak of the shortages in semaglutide and terzepatide last year, 
they were compounding medications. So if you don't know what compound medications are, essentially it's, it's, uh, there are special pharmacies for injectable medications. They're called sterile compound pharmacies. And in, in times of shortage of, of name brand medications, they're able to uh, take the active ingredient, the API in a medication, combine it with something else and um, basically sell it to, to consumers with a prescription for that medication. Um, because of the shortages, compound pharmacies, sterile compound pharmacies really uh, proliferated around the country last year and, and started cranking out these compound pharmacies, which not only provided increased access in the time of shortage, but also a, a more affordable for a lot of people version of these medications. Uh, now, with that came a lot of things, right? Lawsuits from Novo Nordisk, lawsuits from Eli Lilly, uh, claiming uh, for the most part, uh, copyright infringement, right? So a lot of these uh, compound pharmacies or people who were prescribing and reselling compound medications were basically using trade names like Ozempic or Wigovi or Terzepatide. And ACA Pharmacy was supplying a lot of those uh, doctor's offices, uh, telehealth companies with the compound medications that they were prescribing to their users. Now, a couple of little notes about compound medication. I've always kind of held the position that these uh, compound medications, while they do increase accessibility uh, and offer, I think, a real value uh, to people who are weighing the cost of, of going without medication versus treating their chronic illness, whether it's diabetes or type, uh, type 2 diabetes or uh, obesity, it, it does provide a level of accessibility. Now, I think my issue has always been um, that with these peptides, which is what these medications are to date. There are some in clinical trials that are non-peptide, but these have all been peptides to date. And the way that they're made, they are not an apple, complete apples to apples to the FDA approved version. So they're not an FDA approved version of these medications. And while many people do very well on them, they are essentially investigational versions of these medications. So that's kind of my 10 cents about the compounds, but uh, definitely understand I would be looking in the compound direction if I lost accessibility 100%, I would. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be a type 2 diabetic, as I always say. Uh, so I haven't lost access to these medications, the brand names anyway. So uh, I would definitely be looking in that direction if I lost accessibility to them. Uh, but essentially, the ACA pharmacy was kind of shut down towards the end of last year, really quick, really abrupt, really sudden. And in that closure, many, many people who were on the compound medications found themselves without it, unable to get it. Uh, many prescribers out there who were prescribing uh, these medications were unable to get them for their uh, patients. And so it, it created a whole a bunch of chaos. And this article from the Washington Post kind of goes into detail and details how it started with the death of the a key employee who was helping them, uh, but ultimately led to their inability to, to remain open. And so just kind of a fascinating story about one of those pharmacies. There are obviously many more now, uh, not necessarily that the sterile compound pharmacies have increased in number, uh, but the number of compound pharmacies that are actually uh, compounding these specific medications now has grown quite a bit. Uh, compound pharmacies have been around forever. Uh, have a very good track record. Uh, of being safe and, and wonderful alternatives. A lot of times when people go to compound pharmacies, they're not necessarily going to a sterile compound pharmacy, but a compound pharmacy that maybe just makes some compounded creams or, or, you know, essentially what people have historically used them for is to get medications that they can't take the brand name because it has a certain dye or additive or preservative that they don't tolerate. 
and the compound medicines, uh, compound pharmacies come in and make a version of it uh, that removes whatever ingredient that they're reacting to. So compound pharmacies are great. I think they're an incredible and, um, and necessary uh, part of our healthcare system in the United States. Uh, but this compounded, the compound versions of these GLP-1s has definitely been a hot topic of debate in the ACA pharmacy, was right in the middle of it last year. Uh, and then, you know, suddenly kind of shuttered their doors and a lot of people were kind of left high and dry uh, on the compound medication. So that was an interesting uh, story that came out this week. Uh, more, more Ozempic news this week, uh, more lawsuits being filed, a lot of, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fishing going around on the internet, fishing expeditions going around on the internet uh, by uh, law firms trying to find people who have, are claiming injury from GLP-1 medication, specifically Ozempic, because Ozempic has been on the market the longest. I mean, it's not the longest on the market, but it is the, certainly the most um, the most known GLP-1 in the country, the, the most famous or the most popular, of course, with their jingle. Who can't who can't recall the Ozempic jingle? Oh, 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 Ozempic. It's maybe one of the best pharmaceutical jingles uh, in my lifetime, uh, at least the most catchy. So uh, everybody knows about Ozempic. So a uh, lot of ads going on around. Have you been harmed by Ozempic? Um, so anyway, in this particular article from the New York Post, it calls out a woman who uh, reportedly is going to face having lifelong diarrhea due to a serious bowel injury that they're alleging was caused by the drug. Uh, the users among a dozen people who are suing Novo Nordisk over Ozempic and Wigovi, if you don't know the active ingredient in Ozempic and Wigovi are the very same. It's called semaglutide. Some people call it semaglutide, uh, but another polypeptide. Uh, one is approved for the treatment of type 2 diabetes. That would be Ozempic. And one is approved for the treatment of obesity. That would be Wigovi. And so uh, just, you know, these plaintiffs are essentially claiming that the drugs called cause gastroparesis, which delayed gastric emptying is actually a mechanism of action of GLP-1, which is a naturally occurring hormone in your body, which semaglutide mimics, right? It's just a, an analog version of GLP-1 and GLP-1 slows gastric emptying. So there are a handful of people who have claimed that these, uh, that gastroparesis has been developed. That would, that would be the slowed gastric emptying or complete uh, stop stopping of, of gastric emptying uh, that did not go away when they stopped using the medication. So be interesting to see how this one shakes out. Obviously, clinical trials have been done for a lot of years on semaglutide and not just semaglutide, but the whole class of medications, GLP-1s. I did a great video uh, last week on the origins. Uh, we covered it months and months ago as well, but I covered it again. Very interesting history on GLP-1s and how they were discovered. Uh, but, you know, kind of in the same vein, there was other news in uh, the world of Ozempic this week when... The FDA released um, kind of kind of a, a statement. I won't say it was a a thorough report, but they had looked into the claims that there was uh, an increase um, in suicide ideation in people who used Ozempic. So they basically compared Ozempic to a control uh, and you know combed the fares database to to see if there seemed to be some sort of correlation in an increase in suicide ideation. And what they ultimately found was there was nothing that was remarkable. Um, there were people who had um, these issues pop up in both the control group and the semaglutide group. So they can't completely rule it out since it did exist, but they are saying it, it existed almost in, in very similar numbers in the control group. So they can't completely say it doesn't uh, contribute, but I think it was a pretty strongly 
strongly held position by the FDA that it, it wasn't a, a severe increase. So that'll be really good as we uh, continue to move forward. That's one of those things that we've tried to debunk here. Um, while some people may struggle with that, many people are on many medications and many people have pre-existing mental health issues that have gone undiagnosed or untreated. And of course, in any trial, I mean, you can't, you can't really listen to a, a pharmaceutical commercial without you know, hearing that thoughts, if you're having thoughts of suicide, consult a doctor. And so that's one of the things we always encourage you to do here at On the Pen with Man on the Manjaro is to uh, always seek help, always seek help if you're having those kind of issues. But uh, as far as semaglutide is concerned, the FDA is not concerned. Uh, other big news, Ozempic, the 1.7. Uh, so we know there's been a shortage, an FDA shortage in the starter doses of Ozempic. 2.4 is all they've really been cranking out for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they are starting to uh, manufacture and put back on the shelves the 1.7 dose. I think you'll see the one milligram come next, the 0.75, and then the 0.5 after that so that they can get people starting back on Wigovi. Now, the question will be, will they have given up too much market share to ZepBound, which would be the uh, obesity management version of Munjaro? Time will tell, right? But I think that you're going to see that they lost a, a good bit of ground not being able to keep up with production. Of course, one of the things that we've covered on uh, my channel over on YouTube and TikTok, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook as well, is just that Ozemp, uh, Novo Nordis, the makers of Ozempic and Wigovi, has announced some really big investments in their production capabilities, but obviously that's all going to be coming online down the road. That's it for this week. I can't wait to do this again with you next week. There will undoubtedly be more news, and you can always catch that news here on the Weekly Dose with myself, Dave Knapp, Man on the Manjaro. But in the meantime, between now and next week, find me on the socials because I make small little uh, bite-sized version videos of all of this news as it comes out through the week. And I hope that you have enjoyed this. If you did, Make sure you give it a five-star review and subscribe uh, so that you can get notifications when these episodes drop again, which will be every Tuesday. And we can't wait to see you until then. Have yourselves a great week and we'll catch you next week on the pen.